0: Welcome to Heavily Meditated, a podcast celebrating human potential. Meditations, interviews, tools, trainings, and more designed to take you higher. Let's raise the collective consciousness together. Perfect. Well, welcome everybody to this episode of the Heavily Meditated podcast. I'm Scott Roberts. I'm your host and co-founder of the Heavily Meditated podcast. Thanks, as always, for being here, for joining us today. And today we've got an interview coming out with Ms. Kimberly Rose Pendleton. Uh, She's a PhD. She got a PhD from George Washington University. She also got a master's from Yale. You may have heard of those colleges. Um, She's also a high-performance intimacy and leadership coach for uh, for entrepreneurs. Um, I think the most interesting thing that, you know, When I was doing the research, learning about you, Kimberly, the thing that really came up for me is that you're really helping people that have experienced some sort of trauma in their lives, not just heal from that, not just heal the wounds, but learn how to thrive from that, learn how to take that as fuel to really get them going and to reach their potential. So that to me is just incredible work. I'm I'm super impressed by everything that you're doing, like helping I mean, ultimately, the work that you're doing is making the world a much better place, especially for those people who have experienced some sort of trauma and are wanting to rise up from that. So thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you for being here and welcome to the show.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here. And I really deeply appreciate that introduction. And it feels like the perfect moment to be deepening into these conversations. You know, I think a lot of us have seen a shift in how willing people around us are to talk about healing to talk about kind of our evolution and it's just so it's so amazing to not have to hide some of that stuff and to really just be able to go deep into have it be out in the open and thinking about how we really can change what's normal so that maybe in the future, people don't have to spend as much time on their healing and can get straight to the thriving part.
0: Right, just catch it early. And (laughs) yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Well, and well, so, you know, tell me a little bit about your story and you know, how you came to where you are and the work that you're doing. And I guess what, what really lights you up and you know, what your mission is?
1: Yeah, I love that question, and I know that over the years, like, my answer to this has changed a little bit as I sort of see parts that I thought, like, oh, that's not connected, oh, that didn't, you know, and then later realize like, actually, every single piece of this journey was contributing to being here now, even kind of growing up when I was always really interested in feminism and, the history of kind of women's rights. I was really fascinated by other cultures and kind of trying to understand like, what is it like to grow up as a girl in different parts of the world and why is it different for, you know, for little girls and little boys? You know, I just sort of remember even as a kid being fascinated by that. And then fast forward to being a bit older in college and graduate school, learning more about trafficking, that was what I ended up working on for my um, doctoral research was on sexual trauma and specifically sex trafficking Mm -hmm. and getting really kind of in a way enthralled by the ways that trauma and whether we would experienced it or not, or just knowing about trauma and like kind of global crisis and harm and then, of course, what individuals that I knew and my clients and my own past had experienced like firsthand, just all the ways that that impacted, like how we live and what we can even imagine is possible for us and how we show up in relationships. And I just, I feel like I started making these connections where, you know, I'd be like doing research and. I went to India and went to Cambodia and was able to like meet different people. And then I would be also back home. And I was shocked by how similar some of the conversations were like everywhere I was, there were some similarities around, like, I want more. I don't know if I'm allowed to want more, you know, I'm still feeling hurt or I'm trying to break free from something from my past. And I don't mean to, make it sound like I think everything's the same. Obviously, I know there are really meaningful differences, but I think I was surprised by almost like the thread of humanity through all of our collective. And I started to see that if you do the work of your own healing and liberation, you're actually helping in a way that I don't think I had even like been able to imagine the whole world heal. And you can literally show up and do more so that you really could actually facilitate someone else having more of a healing experience in their own life. So it was almost like I got permission to focus on me first and to focus on my clients. And then to see that there were actually these global connections so that healing in one place would end up healing everywhere if that makes sense
0: oh yes yeah absolutely i mean there's so many things that you brought up that sparked ideas in my head and i'll try and stay on track as much as i can so we don't go off on tangents but yeah i mean there there, there's so much that you said in there you know i know coming from a yoga background and coaching as well like you see it so much like um teachers coaches that sort of thing you know we're always healing ourselves from things that we've had in our lives and by doing that we learn how to teach other people to do it and i've seen that so much in you know the yoga community so many people come to yoga looking to heal and they eventually end up becoming teachers because they yeah. have such a profound experience that they want to share it with everybody so that mm-hmm. sounds similar to what you experienced and yeah then also like what you were saying about you know the you, you know, the threads of similarity between people that, you know, you meet. And, you know, it brought up the idea that uh, when my wife and I were reading Eat, Pray, Love, and Elizabeth Gilbert was talking about how she traveled and she's supposed to be teaching these girls and these girls are having all these like intense real world problems that are so big. And she's like, who am I to teach these girls and how can I help them? And then all of them are all asking the same question. How do I find love? You know, how do I get this boy to call me back? She's like, oh, it's Oh, it's the same. Yeah, I think about
1: that part of that book so frequently. I know exactly what you're talking about in that moment where it's like, oh, humans want love and connection and belonging and safety. And that's kind of, it, you know, it's like, oh, right, this is actually a huge relief, kind of humbling and really helpful if you're wanting to be, you know, a healer or a guide or a teacher, because you can really draw on what is so particular and yet somehow strangely universal, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, that's something that we've tried to teach as much as we can to you know, our private clients and here on the show, it's just that you have a unique voice and no matter how easy you may think it is to talk about a certain subject or how easy something comes to you, it may not come easily to someone else. And what you have to say is something that may, you know, make a huge impact on someone else's life. So don't just think that, well, because this seems so easy and simple to me that it doesn't mean that it, can't be something really amazing for someone else to hear so
1: you know that is such a good point and I think it's something so in part of my work you know obviously I'm an intimacy coach and I'm working with clients on their own intimacy kind of wounds and healing and then in another part of my work I'm helping to train other coaches to bring some of those tools into their work especially around trauma so that they've got just like a little bit of a toolbox ready when clients maybe need a little bit more there. And I think that that is probably the number one reminder that has been so empowering for the coaches is that like things that might feel either so natural or a little bit basic, or like it was the beginning step or something like, oh, everybody probably knows this already. If you can just remember like, first of all, they probably don't know it already. But second, sometimes we have to hear things a lot of times. And even if it is something that I've heard a million times before, you know, I know a mutual dear friend of both of ours, James Williams, around this time last year, I heard him say something like, just find what you truly want to do with your life, and line up as many of your actions as you can to do that thing. And it was like, okay, this is not, you know, necessarily the most groundbreaking. I think I've heard a version of it before. And yet I remember the moment, like I heard this, I wrote it down. It was like, I needed to hear it that day, that way, like again, and it really did. It helped me say no to some things that I was like, oh, wait, that's not really in alignment. It helped me launch that coaching training program. Cause I was like, well, my vision is for more and more of us to have these tools. And it was so profound. So it's just so nice to remember, like, yeah, we need to hear it. We need to hear uh, it again and again and again I, and again.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, you know, I, you know, I hope anybody that's listening to this, that is thinking about pursuing some dream that they have for their life, whether that happens to be coaching, whether that's becoming a teacher, no matter what it is, you may think that, you know, oh, the, the market's saturated. There's so many people doing that. How am I going to be different? How am I going to stand out? It's, you know, again, it always comes back to everybody needs to hear what you have to say because they may have heard the exact same thing a thousand times from a thousand different people, but they haven't heard it the way that you would say it. A hundred
1: percent.
0: You know, yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, actually thinking about like uh, when I was in college, like pretty much starting around probably middle school, I became a pretty bad math student. Um, I just honestly was not interested. Everything yeah. just seemed to go over my head. Nothing made sense. And I just tuned it out. And And I failed at math all the way up until probably freshman year of college. Okay. And then one day I went to a class and this teacher was Teaching class as though we were kindergartners, and I was almost offended. I was like, <laughs> I "I'm probably not the smartest guy in the world when it comes to math," but this just seems ridiculous that he would talk to me this way. But all of a sudden, <laughs> just something he said clicked, and the next thing I knew, I was on the dean's list for math. I'm like, "How did this oh happen?" But it was only because someone talked to me in a certain way that just clicked something that totally made sense huh? for me. But yeah, so amazing.
1: I love that story so much. Yeah, and I love the thought. I mean, another thing that I know can be scary sometimes for people who are wanting to share more and more of their own story is that sense of like, you know, is anybody really listening? And like, what if I don't really say it right? It's kind of clunky, like whatever, whatever it is that we're feeling like we're finally ready to share. And it's just so nice to imagine that like, That might be the only way that some people could hear this, you know, so if you can just let it come out, even if it feels a little bit odd, (laughs) you know, that that is the place that we begin. And I know in my journey, I've been shocked and now I am like so pleased by Realizing that, like people I never would have thought were paying attention or were watching, like old friends and even my old math teachers, actually, um, or people you're connected to on social media, or who are friends with my parents or something like that, are kind of following along. And every once in a while, I'll get a note or some word of encouragement from someone being like, "You know, I've been watching you build this business, or I've been listening to this work about trauma and." it impacted me. And it's just such a reminder that like, we don't really know who's, who our story is for, but we just have to keep showing up and sharing it and trusting that it's like going to land in the right place. Oh,
0: totally. Well, and yeah, speaking of, you know, the work that you're doing with coaches and that sort of thing, I'd love to hear more about the intimacy incubator and the work that you're doing there. And yeah, I just, I don't know, it sounds absolutely amazing, so I'm going to learn all I can about it.
1: <laughs> oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I've really uncovered a piece of the puzzle that, I, I mean, I'm sure everybody feels this way, but, you know, I, I think that there was something that was missing for me, um, especially when I was really starting to kind of look at both that academic, maybe a little bit more intellectual side around women's empowerment, and then this, like, slightly more spiritual, like, internal side around healing. Right. And for me, what ended up being the bridge between those two worlds which I, you know, I feel like it took me a long time to get, first of all, to realize it and then to get brave enough to talk about it. But now has become such a cornerstone of my work on intimacy. And it's actually pleasure that there was this kind of missing piece in the way that even among feminists and kind of empowered women, like this conversation around trauma, it always stayed in this realm of, what we don't want like of which of course makes sense you know we were talking about harm and violence and structures of oppression but it never in my experiences at least it didn't go it didn't start to go into that realm of what we do want and what would feel good instead and where we go next yeah. and almost similar around I mean I learned so much around spirituality and healing but there was a little bit of like a floaty. What when I would apply it, it was like, okay, I'm sort of like leaving my body. Like I'm, you know, I'm. It all everything's energy, and I realized that there was this bridge between the two worlds, and that pleasure was actually. A pathway for healing. I was seeing it with so many of my clients and I was using it on myself where if your system felt good, if you were looking at something beautiful, if you were living in Hawaii, you know, you had flowers, you had sort of whatever was going to make you feel like you were surrounded by beauty, I was noticing that it was easier to go deep into these harder questions or like we could stay longer in some of the practices. And I started to realize like, oh, it's not really an accident. Our system is wired this way that Mm -hmm. beauty or pleasure or things that feel good can actually be part of our healing. And then I learned so much more about how that can work with trauma so that You're not just joining a group and then sitting around and talking about how bad everything was, but you're able to process and integrate it, but you're also exploring what you want now. And I think that's really where what I'm hoping at least a new direction is coming in, in terms of how we think about what it really looks like to be empowered and to be healed. So in the intimacy incubator, We've got this is a year long container. I do live programs every month, and you can either just join the programs or you can join for the whole year. But it's really a mix. You know, some of the programs are more about healing and it is a little bit more intense. And then many are also about love and self love and sensuality and kind of connecting with your life and your partner. And I think I really found that. If you did just one without the other at least for me something was a little bit missing and that when you had it all (laughs) you know it was easier to be both tuning in deeper to what did need to change but also having hope for where where you're headed next what we're healing toward instead of just what we're trying to get away from
0: yeah yeah that's yeah that's so powerful you know i you know, I I have seen before in the past and, you know, with, you know, a lot of other coaching systems and, and that sort of thing that, you know, people really tend to talk about trauma as this horrible, horrible wound that you have to heal from and that you just have to survive the rest of your life from. And I, I certainly don't want to diminish the effects of trauma because, you know, that's certainly a very, very tough thing for someone to go through. But, to be able to say that that doesn't define you for the rest of your life and that you can actually learn how to find pleasure again and find joy in life. That to me is just absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that even really well intentioned kind of religious teachings and cultural stuff we've inherited has left a lot of us with kind of a background fear that you could just, be broken you know that it's like oh you might just have been born sinful or you know you might break something in you and then just have to learn like you said to live as a broken person and i think about how different it is to experiment with a belief that you know who you are at your core is whole and that the things that have made that harder to believe or remember are like these layers that we get to uncover, but we're just peeling them back. And like you underneath it all are not broken and are not someone (laughs) just to be fixed. It's just, I started to think like, that is just not what feels real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, you know, I think about so many you know trauma survivors either completely shut down and become somewhat asexual and just don't want to explore that part of their self right. at all anymore, or they become hypersexualized and they feel like maybe that's a way to control the situation by being you know dominant exactly. that way. Um, obviously, yeah. I'm not an expert on the subject, but I have studied it quite a bit, and as a trauma survivor, I know a little bit. But 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 yeah, definitely you know, I, I can see that there's a whole different level that with if, if people can actually learn to reconnect to their sensuality, to their sexuality, their intimacy with themselves, with others, that that's a level of healing that we just haven't seen a lot of. And so that's incredible work you're doing. That's really important.
1: I love what you're sharing there. And I think that it really does change things to hear it get so normalized, too. Like, not that we want it to stay normal, that so many people have experienced trauma, or that, you know, even vicarious trauma of just living in the world where there is so much violence. We want that to change and not be the normal. But for now, I think there is this kind of intermediate step of just how freeing it is to realize like, you're not alone. You're not the only person who is carrying this. You get to be in community. You get to heal. You get to have an amazing life still. You know, one of the things that I really love about this whole conversation is just that underlying claim that like, you're not disqualified from a life that you love. Like that is not what, happens now. You still, no matter what's happened to you in the past, you still get to experience pleasure, fall in love, live somewhere you love, you know, have this kind of amazing life. I feel like that's really so, so important.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, let's, um, so let's talk a little bit about, so I know you brought up that with your, you know, with your, um, the the incubator program that you do that you're, you're, you're teaching people how to become coaches in intimacy. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and like, you know, what you share with them and, and you know, how they're yeah. able to you know, learn those techniques.
1: Yeah. I love talking about that. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, it's a newer part of our business. It's been a few years now in the making, and we just graduated our first class of coaches last year.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it's just part of this dream that I feel I had planted in me, where very similar to what we were sharing, actually, about like, you know, some people need to hear your story from you. I was realizing that some people need this work. And they are not gonna wanna work with me. (laughs) Like, for whatever reason, I am not their person. And I had this idea of, like, what if I could teach other coaches, other teachers, just anyone who wanted this skill set, and then they could take it to wherever they go. And what I really love is that that is what's happening. Some people, Are also trained in like finance, and they're creating trauma informed like accounting and financial empowerment programs for women. And some people are taking this work and using it with men in the military and kind of bringing that embodiment piece and even sensuality like back in for people who've got just kind of years of having to be distanced from themselves. And like, those are both such good examples of work I am not going to be able to do, you know, like that is just not my expertise at all. But what I can do is give all the uncover tools, give all of the, you know, the things that I feel I've learned over the years with my own business and my own healing, and we can combine it, you know, that they can really take all of that take everything else they know, their yoga training, their Reiki training, their years of doing this. Some people are taking it more into a corporate direction, which I think is great too. When I imagine, you know, what if our language around this wasn't just like, oh, I have to go to this sexual harassment training for work, but it was more like, oh, how do I be in my body in this? You know, how do I notice when trauma is flaring up? If I, I'm getting told I did something wrong and I want to go cry instead of feel like I can be here. Like, what if we had trauma tools in school and at work? And so anyway, it's a little bit of like a benevolent world takeover vision of just kind of like, I think it would be so great if every coach had this foundation or could add it on or had someone on their team who could just so that, you know, nothing could ever show up where they felt like, oh, I don't really know what to do here. And I think that that is something I see sometimes maybe even felt myself at the beginning of coaching where I thought like, well, I don't want to get too popular or can't have too many clients. Cause like, who knows what will happen? <laughs> you know, what if I can't actually handle it? Yeah. And I think that's where, tools for your own nervous system regulating. And then also to know that you can, you can be there with clients. You can know what's above kind of like the range and who to call in and how to help them find the next person. And Mm. just that feeling of like, Oh, it's safe to grow. I think is so, so nice.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Well, and well, and it, you know, brings me to the, you know, to the idea that every time you're on the airplane, you always hear, Put your own oxygen mask on first so that you can help. Totally. That's part of, you know, something that you touched on in the beginning. And again, there is is talking about how you have tools for yourself to take care of yourself so that you can give more freely to others, not just your clients, but also just everybody in your life. So would love to, you know, hear a little bit about your particular practices and you know, if there's how you were able to heal from anything or, you know, work with anything that you needed to.
1: Yeah, I love that invitation. I mean, one thing that has been really helpful for me and for a lot of my clients is kind of like a, a practice that might even sound so simple, maybe even like a little silly, but really has helped with getting back into our bodies. I think one of the things that we're learning more and more about trauma is that it can make you feel like you need to just kind of escape your body, you know, and distance and dissociate so that it's like, Oh, that's not happening to me. That's happening to someone else down there. And even if we've kind of gone through some healing on the intellectual side of that and knowing like, okay, I'm safe. It's safe. It's safe. It can still be such a pattern in us. Like, even if I, Just get scared or like something happens and i'm not sure how to respond i notice my first impulse is usually still like fly away you know like get out of here and so this practice of just kind of imagining (laughs) this was like a little funny i probably should have prepared something else but this is really the one we use the most of like an elevator that like starts at the top of my head and like goes down all the way to like the ground floor, like the basement of me, (laughs) which I do over and over sometimes of just like coming back in. I usually also when I do that, and I hear this from clients a lot too. notice like, there's tightness somewhere I didn't maybe even know about like sh- my shoulders are clenched or my stomach's in and knot or my hips or something like that and so imagining like that going down feeling and just kind of like expanding and yeah. softening has been really transformative and it's so simple but I think one of the things that it really helps to establish is it's like telling your system like in this present moment I am safe. obviously, if you're not safe in the present moment, go get safe first and like do this later. But for most of us, most of the time, you know, we're having that fear trigger, but it's actually okay. And so coming back down, coming back in, kind of knowing like, okay, right here, right, what's in front of me, I can be with this. And it's just so powerful and kind of reminds you that your body is trustable, you know, you can, you can listen to it, you don't have to just fly away. But you can also tend to it and really establish that sense of safety for yourself, even if you're not getting it from, like the email that you're reading in the moment or something like that.
0: Right. Well, you know, it's, you know, it's funny, because you were saying that, you know, that seems like such a simple process and feel silly or whatever. But like we were saying before, your way of describing that actually has a very soothing effect to me almost instantly. I do a ton of meditation work and I do a lot of energy center work. And, you know, there's different ways that you can have the same result. But ultimately Mm -hmm. what it comes down to is how do you get back into your body and get to a place to where you feel grounded so that you can then feel safe? Because once you feel that way, once you've got your oxygen mask on, then you're free to help. And so when you do that with an exercise like that, picturing yourself in the elevator, going down floor by floor through your body and getting into it and reconnecting, getting grounded, that's a powerful exercise because from there, you've got the strong foundation, you can go anywhere from there. But if you're always trying to run away from your body and get away from it and not experience the feelings, then you're never going to be able to grow from there at all. Just always be fight or flight. So a hundred
1: percent, a hundred percent. I love that. And I think it can even be so helpful for any of us who do work with clients or even students or our children or anybody where, you know, you might realize, oh, they're in a feeling of like getting really revved up or maybe even having a bit of a triggered response. If you can just help, bring them into the present moment, either with that same kind of invitation, or if it's somebody really little, you know, if you can ask them to sort of describe what they see, like, okay, here's this plant, here's this mirror, whatever it is, but anything that can kind of bring us back into the right now, it just ends up being so much smoother than to connect and be like, okay, what do we what do we need for you right now? Instead of like thinking about what's already happened or worrying about what's about to happen.
0: Right. Well, yeah. And that's, you know, I think it's something that's important all the time, but especially right now with, you know, the things that have happened because of the pandemic plague, whatever you want to call it. Um, 100%. It's, you know, people are, people are going through a huge amount of change that, you know, you know, at least the people that aren't in the entrepreneur space that were used to staying at home all the time with their <laughs> business partner or whatever, but, you know, these people that worked outside of the home, rarely saw each other during the day. And now all of a sudden the entire family is shoved into a house together and they can't leave. So there's been a lot of, you know, you know, funny things that have happened as a result of that, but there's been some pretty bad traumas that have happened all over you know the world because of it. And so, you know, it's it's so important right now for people to learn self-care techniques and, and how to help themselves and help each other and to be able to get grounded and stop that, you know, that fear cycle in their head of, you know, the worst case scenario playing over and over and reliving past traumas and that sort of thing. So yeah, it's, you know, the, you know, the work that you're doing right now is probably more important than ever before. And I think right now is the time for people in our industry to really step up and be able to be a really significant force in how the world develops and changes from here.
1: I could not agree more with that. And I found that whether my clients were partnered or single, quarantining with their family or by themselves, you know, it was really a reckoning moment for most of them of like, okay, things that I maybe didn't have to face fully before because I could pack my schedule or be kind of on the run or like you said, we didn't even see each other that much. It was like, now it's all here. Yeah, I guess it's time to go deep and like get to work. And I think there really is such an invitation for us to, be part of shaping what comes next and hopefully a new era of ways we relate and ways that we handle our own intimacy needs and also, you know, how we show up as leaders who are really willing to ask the hard questions and go into some of the hard places and create like a deeper, stronger connection on the other side.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. That's so good. (laughs) All right. So, so many things. All right. Let's try and stay focused. We've got, (laughs) what, like 15 minutes left. We can, we can cram so much in and out.
1: I know. Where (laughs) should we go next?
0: (laughs) All right. So, so the first time I actually somewhat met you was at the live event last year in San Diego for our friend Emily and James uh, for their I Heart My Life live Mm -hmm. event. And I know you were on stage and you were speaking a little bit about your journey and how you got there. I'd love to go back and touch on it a little bit more again and just, yeah, get to know you even more and find out a little bit more about the journey and how you ended up where you are.
1: I love that. Yeah, that event, man, it feels like a million years ago, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? That we could have been in a huge crowded conference room (laughs) in January and then had such little idea of what would come next for that year. But it's so nice to think back about it. And I remember the theme was 2020 perfect vision and really thinking about like, okay, this will be like the year we see things clearly. And I actually do think that that is what happened. And for me, yeah, being on that stage, I remember sharing about, How it really felt like each twist and turn in my own story, especially around intimacy, which has been like quite the journey for me. Maybe everybody feels that way. But I look back on, you know, I was part of a more conservative Christian community and got married kind of on the younger side and then got divorced pretty quickly afterward and felt like, oh, I have some remaking to do of like my kind of my whole identity because my sense of myself as like the good Christian girl was not the person who gets divorced and is starting fresh. She's probably not going to get a PhD and studying about sexual trauma either. Like none of this really matches, but those kind of, Pivotal, messy, formative moments ended up putting me out, like on this path of really trying to figure out like what does healing from some of those intimacy wounds look like, you know, and thinking about with my kind of, I mean, of course, there's the the piece around no longer being married, but really maybe more powerfully the piece around no longer fitting in to the community that you really right. thought your identity came from. Sometimes I'm like, Ooh, that was a bigger breakup for me actually was like that sense of myself, but it did, it opened up all these questions about like, okay, what do you really want? What do you even really like? Who are you, you know, and who do you want to be with and what kind of relationships and community really do help nurture and nourish you and what, what does it look like from here? And I feel so lucky because I think that, you know, I ended up finding that every sort of part of that journey and all the, you know, like therapists and teachers and trainings that I ended up calling in to help me just do my own work. I, I've ended up feeling like I could really use that to help my clients too. And that it could really get Maybe like a faster <laughs> experience for them, you know. I feel like mine yeah. took ten years and like hundred thousand dollars of student loan, you know, like all a lot of a lot of stuff that I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put this into a program that's a little more fun, but yeah. still, um, you know, that there was so much of that that I really I needed to experience in order to be able to show up now as the person who really can, you cannot phase me. Like you can't <laughs> tell me something as a client that I haven't either done myself or seen. You know, it is like yeah. safest zone. Um and I think that in a way that's been such a gift and has really helped me see you know, like, what is it? What does it require to hold space for people? I don't think you have to go make as many mistakes as I made or anything in order to be a good coach. But if you've made them anyway, you know, you might as well turn it into a really safe, really healing business where other people can heal too.
0: Yeah. Well, Well, and I think that's such a common thing, you know, in the in the coaching industry is that we've We've been through the trial by fire. We've made all the mistakes and we're just desperately trying to tell totally. people There's an easier way and we can help you get there so much faster than we did or other people have.
1: Yes, I know. I feel that way completely and to feel like, okay, I'll hold the lantern up. I'm a few steps ahead of you in the forest. And I can just tell you, like, don't fall there. That's the, you can just step this way. We might fall into a different hole, but it'll be new at least. (laughs)
0: Well, that well, that instantly brings up the story that Wayne Dyer shared. Was that what you were referencing? Maybe, but there's a, a there's a story about how people were given like a, a like a task, and 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 they were told that they had to write their life story in like five chapters or something, or five paragraphs or whatever. But but this one woman was like, so first first chapter, I walk down the street. There's a giant hole. I fall in it. I'm in there forever. I'm blaming everybody about why I'm in there. And it takes me a long time to get out. I finally get out. Just like next chapter, I walk down the same street, fall in the same hole. This time I get out a little bit faster, but I'm still not sure why I'm there. Next chapter, I walk down the same street. I see the hole. I try to avoid it, but I fall in anyway. (laughs) I get out a little bit faster and I'm learning from my mistakes. Next chapter, I walk down the street. This time I walk around the hole. And get a little bit faster at avoiding it. Next chapter, I walk down a different street. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's,
0: right. but it's Yeah, you know, we're, you know,
1: right.
0: we've already been there. We've been through the forest. We've fallen over that exact log five times. Right. The, we're trying to tell you this is the path to go. Trust me, I've been there. I can get you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. And if someone, I feel like, you know, the majority of people by the time, they're in my world and we're talking about it, they're on chapter four, really beating themselves up about it. Like, okay, I'm back in the hole, like what is happening? Yeah. And it's just like, oh, just like one more round and you'll know like, here, this is the street you belong on and it gets to be so much better. Um, so I really love that. Well,
0: yeah. oh, and, it's, and it's the constantly hearing the story and constantly re-immersing yourself in in the space of someone who's been where you are. And maybe yeah. you, have to be, you know is, you know, is only one step ahead of you, but right. that one extra step can make all the difference in the world. And then right. you know, maybe you're gonna go past that person. Who knows? But right. you know, as 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 long as you're constantly putting in your space or putting yourself in the space of learning and rehearing the information over and over just listening to it over and over until it finally sinks in, then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. I love that. And it makes it just feel like, okay, yeah. Like it's normal for us to just still be on the journey for us to all be sharing what we know with each other, learning from one another and like just trying to do better and be better every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, are there, are are there any, like um, particular practices you do around like self-care and and, and, like how you take care of yourself so that you can, you know, live up to, you know, what you're wanting to accomplish.
1: I love that question. Yeah. This has become almost like a joke in my community that I'm always in the bathtub, but that is, I have to say, like it's one of my favorite places and (laughs) I sometimes will even like go all out. I mean, I, I think it is part of a bigger permission slip that maybe this podcast episode can grant people to like, let yourself use and go kind of all in, in your self care. If you've got like a nice candle or like the nice bubble bath or something like that, where it's like, oh no, no, almost like I couldn't use that right now. It's just a random Tuesday. I do think my philosophy has become like, why not? You know, just like, light them all do it all use the china for dinner like whatever it is that is kind of like you're saving a little bit for someone else or some future time but yeah i am a big bath taker and i try to turn at kind of maybe along the same lines but as much of my self-care into kind of more of a ritual than um just kind of going through the motions but being like okay i'm You know, it's Sunday night, I'm like making time for this, or I'm putting my phone away and my partner and I are just going to talk right now. And these things that feel, they're small, but huge too. And I do notice that when I turn it into a little bit more of like a ceremony, or there's a little bit more luxury to it, or it feels kind of like I'm letting it be a big deal, then I prioritize it more and I show up differently and I show up kind of like, okay, how do I, how do I want to feel right now? Um, and then even though I'm so resistant to structure in general, I've also found that it really helps to be like, I'm not working on Fridays. This is just going to be a day that's off. And I know I'm not the first person to come up with taking yeah. a day off, but I just will plug it again for, whoever's listening, that's maybe felt like, well, I don't know, my clients need me. Can I really? What about this? To just let that be your oxygen mask moment where you say like, I will show up better the rest of this week. if I have more of that time for me to fill up. I feel like as many times as we can hear that we're better off.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, self-care and 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 you know putting the intention behind what you're doing to take care of yourself. Yeah. That's something that, you know, we and you know, we work with a lot of entrepreneur clients, like trying to teach them the techniques of meditation and being mindful and how that can help them in their business. And so often the initial resistance is always around, wait, do I do I have to spend like 15, 20, 30 minutes, an hour meditating? I don't have time for that. Like, how, yeah. how, how can I do that? It's like self care and and self knowledge mm. is so, so important. And it's such a big foundation that it's, it's not just a luxury for you, but it's more of like a necessity. If you really want to reach your potential, if you really want to grow and you really want to have impact you have to learn to take that time for yourself, no matter what it is, whether it's a walk, whether it's a bath, whether it's a shower, whether it's quiet time, whether it's just sitting down with a good Netflix show for a minute and just turning off everything, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah you have to set that intention. And uh, it's so good. And yeah I, yeah, I just love that you do baths. I've, 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 I've always been more of like a, a shower person and I, I couldn't do mm-hmm. the bath thing, but I can see how it can be such a nice experience. You know, if you've got the candles, you got some nice music totally. something like that. Yeah. yeah.
1: I love, you know, actually it must be something about what you just said mixed with this that reminded me of a time, this was maybe five years ago. It was very new to meditation and really new to all of this kind of inner work. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to do like a, a meet your future self guided meditation and i could not stop like multitasking and fidgeting i was like i would start to play it and then i'd like remember something and like and like oh shoot you know like i missed it or i'm like not in the zone at all yeah. and i remember i made myself get into the bathtub and play it so i was like almost like okay i can't do anything else i'm stuck here right. yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: and it was really it was the boundary that i needed <laughs> order to get through and it was a really profound experience but yeah I mean it was hard to turn off like that I should be doing something else I should be being productive I should be finishing a thing um so I really you know whatever we can do to kind of okay this is a time where you are just receiving instead of creating or producing or doing all the things
0: yeah well so good, <laughs> I love it. All right, okay, we're getting close to the end, but you know, before we wrap up and I get to my final question, um, I always like to to say thank you for you know being here, but also just you know in everything that I've been reading as I did the research for you know the interview today and getting to know you, it just everything for me comes back to the fact that. work that you're doing is so important because you're actually helping people realize how important it is to be connected to themselves and to other Mm -hmm. people and how they don't have to like you said be broken they can be Mm -hmm. completely whole they can be growing and expanding from there so Thank you so much for everything that you're doing with that work. I mean, like I said before, you literally are making the world a better place. You really are with the work you're doing because that's that is so powerful when you when you're able to share something like that with a huge audience and get those people to really understand that they have the power to make their own lives much better and the lives of others better. So thank you. Thank you very much for for that.
1: Thank you for saying that. Just like really receiving, letting that feedback all the way in because it's so generous and so nice to just, yeah, like get to reconnect to the big picture of all of this. That you can get so into the day to day of everything that needs to get done and almost forget, like, oh, right, this is about a global movement and a big shift, and we're all part of it.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, well, I know um, I did ask a little bit about your self-care ritual and, and that's, Mm -hmm. do you have honestly, you know, the, you know, the experience you talked about with like the, like the visualizing meditation, like forcing yourself to get in the bathtub. (laughs) Is there, is there any like really kind of profound aha mystical experience that you've ever had as a result of like meditating, mindfulness, self-care, anything like that?
1: Hmm, that's a great question. I have a really strong memory of the first time I ever did breath work, um, Mm -hmm. where I was doing a little bit more of like a kundalini breathing and a meditation practice. And I did feel like I was, I was like, Oh, this is what it might be like, to both leave my body and be in my body at the same time i think i had spent a lot of time like in one or the other like we've been talking about but that felt like ooh maybe i am both right now and i'm like part of everything looking at her but i'm also her feeling this and it was wild in fact i was i had a great time uh but i was doing it with a few other women in this kind of small retreat. Mm-hmm. And the one of the other women with me, I think it was like too much. And she was like, Oh, my gosh, like, that was too intense. Like, I, I got scared, actually. And it just was like an interesting reminder that yeah, what we all need is different in each moment. For me, I was kind of like, whoo, like, yeah, I'm playing in the field, you know, and for her, it felt a little bit like, whoa, I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, but it was pretty mystical, pretty magical.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right, fun. Okay, so last question, and then we're going to get to the, is.
1: the
0: stuff. So here we go. What does it mean to you to maximize your potential, knowing that we're unlimited in our potential, but what does it mean for you to maximize as much as you can?
1: Yeah, such a beautiful question. I think for me at least right now, it's really meant in each moment that I can, how can I give over control and desire even and my planning over to the part of me that is connected to everyone else? I think of her as like my higher self. I know we probably all have different kind of words that connect to that but that inner kind of wisdom and just sort of letting like, okay, well, how does my highest self handle all of this? Is she really mad about like an Instagram comment? Probably not. You know, like how do I just keep coming back to this? Not that we don't still tend to the human things that of course we have to do, but this past year in particular, I imagined making my higher self CEO of my business and putting her in charge and it really it really did help a lot and it helped me feel like each day I get to be closer and closer to that kind of maximized potential version of me
0: yeah oh that's so fantastic love it thank you thank you thank you okay
1: oh my gosh thank you for having me such an amazing podcast and such a great experience
0: well, oh, thank you. Well, and so before you go, we you know have to let everybody know how they can find you. So, what's the best way for people to connect with you, either via the the socials or however?
1: Yes, yeah, I would love to stay connected to any anybody listening. I am on Instagram often. I'm at Uncover by Kimberly Rose Pendleton, and same on uh, Facebook, and then. My website is KimberlyRosePendleton.com and you can find out more about both the coaching training and the Intimacy Incubator. We do free pop-up programs every single month. So there's just lots of of content for everyone and I love to share it.
0: Fantastic. All right. Well, I will make sure that I put all the links to everything in the show notes so everybody can find that. But Again, Kimberly, thank you so much for being here. It was great to get to connect finally and, you know, to see each other in this closer setting than I guess we were when you were speaking on stage. So thank you again.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Thank you so much. And I know to be continued, we have so much more we can talk about.
0: Absolutely. All right. Fantastic. Well, thank you again to everyone for joining us today. Uh, We're so glad you were here. And again, feel free, please uh, search for Kimberly on Facebook, Instagram, all the socials, as well as on her website. And if you want to learn more about how you can work with her, again, we'll have all the information so that you can connect with her. Thank you again for being here and can't wait to talk to you again next time. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Heavily Meditated Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with the people you love most. And if you want to learn more about how you can program your mind to unlock your unlimited potential and create the life you really want, then check out The Heavily Meditated Mentorship at heavilymeditatedpodcast.com forward slash mentorship. Until next time, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you on the next episode of The Heavily Meditated Podcast.